0: Hi, I'm Batsheva Frankel from Overthrowing Education, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting
1: education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com.
0: kindergarten kiosk the
1: developmentally appropriate podcast hello everyone and welcome to kindergarten kiosk i'm kathy and i'm lindsay
0: we're happy to have you listening to us
1: today (laughs) i love it when i make you do it opposite
0: (laughs) i know it's not good for my ocd
1: <laughs> Today we're going to talk about planning for January.
0: I love January.
1: What do you love about January?
0: I love January because there's so many fun winter themes.
1: <laughs> like what?
0: Well, the first thing I like to do in January is New Year's. And for New Year's, I like to focus on clocks and calendar and um, time, days of the week, all of those type of activities, it's a really good time to review them. And I just love when kids come and you've changed your calendar from mm-hmm. from like one year to the one next year. year. The next year. <laughs> mm-hmm. They're so excited. And, and so I've made up this song that I like to sing at the very beginning when they come in and they're all excited and they see the new year and most of them have... At least watch the Netflix ball drop. <laughs> so kid, kids um, nowadays know more about New Year's than in the past when they had to stay up till midnight.
1: Because <laughs> we parents fake it nowadays. Yeah, oh, it's fake t- it. Let's count down to the New Year, guys. It's 8 o'clock. <laughs> yeah, Go for it. I like it. So
0: <laughs> it's to the tune of She'll Be Coming Around the Mountain. There's a new year on our calendar, you see. There's a new year on our calendar, you see. Goodbye 2019, hello 2020. There's a new year on our calendar, you see. (laughs) Simple, easy, kids love it. it. calls attention to the new year.
1: What do you like to teach them in regards to clocks?
0: Well, clocks I just love because kids love the power of telling time to the hour. And um, Lindsay has a great way for kids to learn how to tell time to the hour. And it's, we've got that on our blog post, so we could probably link that for people to go read about how you eliminate one hand on the clock, the minute hand, and all of a sudden kids can tell time. It really empowers them. I painted the hand um, red because I couldn't stand to cut the... <laughs>
1: On your on your clock in your room, you painted the hour hand red?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, not the one in my room. One in my room, but not the school-owned one. The,
1: not the one that belongs to the
0: school. <laughs> no. Just my own. But uh, Hat Palmer has a great song. And I give all of my students those little Judy clocks and turn on the Hat Palmer song. Oh, and have them set it to 12 o'clock and talk to them about how both hands have to be at 12 and are... One hand is always going to stay at the twelve while we sing the song, and do the activity.
1: What am I? You want me to sing the song? (laughs) I don't remember the song. How did the song go? Uh, Didn't you sing it? I am a little clock. I am, and I can't.
0: I am am a paper paper
1: clock. I am, but I cannot move my hands. How I wish that I could tell the time. If you could help me move my hands. I think I just changed it. Everything
0: voice. will be just fine. If you could help me tell help the me time. Me
1: tell the time.
0: Everything will be just <laughs> fine. <laughs> it is a great, great, timeless song. I first found this song uh, probably 25 years ago, and I love it just as much today, and all students love it. And it's a great, quick, easy activity. I just have the basket of clocks at the front, and I tell the kids as when we're transitioning to the rug, pick up a clock, and they pick up a clock and sit down, and we do that activity. And then after that activity, a great follow-up is to make a paper clock with your students and have them take it home to show their parents how they've learned to tell time to the hour.
1: That's one of your activities in your home parent connection packet it for is. January, isn't it? It
0: is, for January. Where they
1: get to take a paper clock home and make it with their family.
0: Mm-hmm. I love the parent home connections. I really do. I just, I I think that taking the, the kids taking the learning home is just, they're so excited about it, and they just love when I pass out the new homework packets, and they know that it means quality time with mom or dad.
1: So after you've talked about calendars and clocks, what's another theme you like to celebrate? Well, another
0: another thing I like to do for New Year's is the topsy-turvy doll that is also in the um, unit in the New Year's unit. Mm -hmm. And it's baby new year if you turn it one way and if you turn it the other way it's father time it's just a fun one and it's a great
1: we did that today
0: <laughs> good it was a great activity on
1: the first they day they thought back. it was super cool
0: <laughs> they just love it because it's something kids really don't see a lot and haven't a lot of experience with anymore of turning something upside down so what's some and of you kids say change. about it
1: it changed <laughs> they, it was funny just to watch them get it cuz i showed them the baby new year first and they're like oh yeah it's a baby and then i flipped it over and now it's father time and they're like oh what like look this is his br-
0: oh <laughs> oh
1: and his <laughs> his hands are his hair now and his he's got and his his mouth is a unibrow <laughs> <laughs>
0: it is a unibrow <laughs> just one of my favorite winter or New Year activities. So after we focused on New Year's for a few days, then I like to dive into just the season of winter. So after a few days of a New Year's theme, I like to dive right into the season of winter. And I like to introduce (laughs) the season by using one of Nancy Stewart's songs, The Colors of Winter.
1: I love this song. I think it's such a pretty colourful song for a cold and drab season. (laughs) My winter coat is blue. My winter scarf is red. My winter hat is green and it's warm upon my head. Oh, the colours of winter are beautiful to see. Oh, the colours of winter are all around me.
0: Some days I like to just (laughs) say...
1: I was going to keep going. Keep going.
0: No, it's okay. Sometimes I like to just sing that, that song. Just because I feel myself, it just makes me feel happy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so if it's making me feel happy, I know it's making my students happy. And Whenever just... I
1: have a bad day, I always am like, okay, we're just going to stop and sing some songs yeah. now. Because we all need a minute of being
0: happy. We need our endorphins to go we washing in our brain. We need some endorphins back and any day. songs that you can do sign language with like colors of winter are all around me and just the sign language of beautiful just makes me happy <laughs> 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 so that's a great way to start the winter unit and there's so many things you can do if you're just teaching about winter you can teach about um, the science of snowflakes and teach your students to make snowflakes They love making them. In fact, they love it so much that the janitor asks you to please stop letting (laughs) your students make snowflakes. And I found the best way to do snowflakes is just to cut a paper into a square and teach them to fold it into a rectangle, then a square, then a triangle. And it's something that they can do really independently and get good at. And then hold the flap side and cut the design and then if they want to cut a couple nicks on the flap side, then they can. But if you teach them to hold it and show them how it talks like a duck, if they're holding the flap side, then they really catch on and can make a snowflake really easily. And
1: they don't accidentally cut the snowflake apart and then they're sad.
0: Yeah. And you could decorate everything with snowflakes. I like to use snowflakes just as a border or a background for other pieces that I'm going to add.
1: There was one year when I was really... Proactive and I took all their snowflakes and I ran them all through the snow, the snowing machine.
0: (laughs) I I ran them through the
1: sewing machine so they were one long snowflake garland and then I hung them from the ceiling and it was really pretty. But I don't know if I will ever do that again.
0: (laughs) It is such a great idea, it was
1: really pretty, but it took a long time.
0: Well, it takes a long time because my sewing
1: machine kept getting mad at me oh uh,
0: yeah i think you'd have to put your tension on baste i think if you baste you see,
1: it I, I i know nothing about the, the different settings <laughs> on my but machine. if you so i was probably doing the wrong setting if you set it, it my to my a
0: wide stitch angry. then i think it would go really quickly i love that idea i'm gonna do it i'm gonna do it
1: okay well tell me what i need to do <laughs> okay.
0: so i don't probably, break it probably basting Okay. <laughs> one I don't year,
1: know how to
0: do that. <laughs> one year, I made uh, had all of my students make their own fleece hat on the sewing machine. You and did. That was quite an adventure. Wow. I had a mom that uh, loved to sew, and I asked her if she wanted to come and help all the kids learn how to sew a tube because on a fleece hat, all you have to do is cut, you know, a wide rectangle and then fold it in half and sew the seam, mm-hmm. and then tie a knot at the top and then cut the fringe and you get the little fringe ball and then just roll up the edge so it's really easy to do and she said oh i'd love to do that so she brought her own sewing machine and she sat there at her rotation of centers and all kids sew their own hat which on a fleece hat really is just one little short seam but then um, at the next center rotation i had a parent that helped fringe the ends and tie the knots and roll it up. And at the end of centers, all the kids had on their own winter hat. It was so cute. Oh, what a great day. (laughs) It was a great day. I loved that one. Winter is just a great time to bring so much into your classroom. Even if you don't have snow in your area, you can bring snow into your classroom. And my favorite snow to purchase is Steve Spangler's fake snow. snow yeah his fake, fake snow, snow.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's so interesting because it's actually made out of diaper the same thing they make diapers out of polymers mm-hmm. and so when it gets older your room really does smell like a dirty smell diaper like a diaper like change the baby's diaper already <laughs> but I uh, Parents, I, I usually have it out when the winter parent conference is going on and parents are fascinated by it. And it's really interesting because it is the snow that they use in Hollywood to make movies. Is but, it? Yeah, it's pretty interesting. But That's, I know it's available on Amazon. movie sets must
1: stink. What? <laughs> movie sets must stink. They probably do. <laughs> but I know
0: you can purchase it on Amazon, and we'll put the link for that. Um, Did you write also, that down? so you can find that. And there's a couple ways you can use it. My favorite—I huh, like both ways, but I love to fill my sensory table with the artificial snow. And actually, it's cold to touch when you when you first—I mean, not as cold as snow,
1: but well, when usually you first mixed it with cold water,
0: right? Oh, that's probably what
1: it is. Yes. It's cold it as like, just. Cold?
0: I thought this was an amazing phenomenon.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it really feels cold. It's really
0: cold. <laughs> okay, I used cold water to... <laughs> I
1: don't know. I was I was making a hypothesis. Now I want to
0: mix it with hot water and see. Wow, now we have just...
1: to test this theory and see. Mix it with ice cubes and see what
0: happens. Yeah, I wonder. But when you put that in your um, table and then add the water, all of a sudden, I mean, it's just a little tiny amount of powder. And you mm-hmm. put that water in with it, and it just... Shoo, and fills your sensory Pressed table. Up. Yeah. Another mm-hmm. thing that I like to do is give all of the kids like a little specimen cup. They're like the cups that you get takeout ketchup in. Mm-hmm. And you can buy those on Amazon. And you just give, portion cups, that's what they're called. And you can, I give all of my kids one of those and have them, um, when they go to their center for their scientist center, then they can take one teaspoon of the snow and put it in their cup and then use a dropper to drop um, water onto it and they watch it poof up and tell it's all the way poofed up. And then there's lids to those portion things so they can just put the lid on and take it home to play take with. little snow home. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. So even if you don't have snow in your area, you can um, get kids excited about snow. Right now, i got like a foot of snow outside my window, so I'm not so excited about snow. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's cold and icy.
1: You should tell about your little experiment with the snowballs, because that was a cute one from yesterday, from last night.
0: There's a lot of STEM things that you can do, uh, STEM related to snow. And one is doing an experiment about how long it will take snow to melt, depending on conditions. So we I have the kids each make a snowball, and when they come in from recess i give them um, just one of those solo clear plastic small cups to put their snowball in and have them sit down at their tables and then tell them that we're going to do a science experiment with their snowballs and we want to see how long it takes for your snowball to melt now here are your choices you can put your snowball over by the heater you can leave your snowball at the desk you can put it in the windowsill you can put it by the sink, you can put it in our bathroom, you can even put it outside our classroom door um, in the hall, or you can put it outside our outside classroom door so it will be outside. So I let the kids think about where they want to place it and then give them a few minutes to go place their snowball and then bring them back to the carpet or tables and then um, make a chart and on the whiteboard and say, my snowball, and my snowball is going to melt by morning recess, and then I ask kids, and then I'll list them first, morning recess, lunch, afternoon recess, end of the day, tomorrow, and then I ask kids to predict in one column when they think their snowball will melt. So at the end of each one of those time periods, so at the end of morning recess, I have kids go check their snowball and find out if anybody's, has, anyone's has melted. And if they have, then we'll move them to the column, has melted, and then circle their names if their prediction was correct. And it's really fun because some of those outside ones uh, take days to melt like Mm -hmm. days, (laughs) especially when I was in Idaho. (laughs) When we were in Idaho, I think one took a month. I think it was like Mm -hmm. a full month before someone's snowball finally melted.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We did an activity one year where we made a little, we all went outside at recess and made a little snowman. And then we put it on a tray, like a baking sheet tray, and we brought it inside, and we measured how tall he was. And then we just kept measuring him during the day and drawing pictures of how he looked at different parts of the day. and
0: just oh, that's watched cool. Our
1: little, watched our little snowman slowly. I think
0: any time that you can do any kind <laughs> of scientific uh, process with that is simple like that, because sometimes kids get their best science inquiry from just observation, or questioning, and those are both activities that will really spark that. Another thing I like to do that is related to winter and snow is to make crystals. So after talking about snowflakes and showing them, there's so many fabulous pictures on the web of microscopic snowflakes, microscopic (laughs) snowflakes that have been magnified, (laughs) whatever you call them. (laughs) And I just love showing kids that and then um, talking to them about crystals and how crystals are formed. So to do the crystal activity, I also have a blog post of that. And so I'll link all of this so that you'll be able to find it. It's also in our winter unit. So to make the crystal, of course, I do most all of my things like this as center rotations. And so I have it all figured out that you can do it in 15 minutes. But Mm -hmm. I've also done it whole group. So I just give the kids pieces of pipe cleaner that I've already kind of cut into a pipe cleaner, maybe into thirds is usually about the right thing, and then one long pipe cleaner. So they take their long pipe cleaner and then their small pieces of pipe cleaner and form around to how they want their snowflake to look and you get some really cool snowflakes formed this way especially after you've shown your students a lot of pictures of real snowflakes and how they look so after you do this you just make a borax solution and boil it and they take their uh, pipe cleaner snowflake and put in a paper cup i like to use those red Uh, larger solo cups and then they put that in there and then pour the borax solution on it and then you just sit it on a shelf and then the next day when they come to school they'll um, you drain the water and they'll have a fabulous crystal and it's a great activity that they can write their scientific um, process to make a crystal it's a really good recording activity that you can do
1: um, so I've been looking, I was thinking about the kindergarten next generation science standards. And one of the next generation science standards is uh, to analyze um, how they can change speeds and directions with pushes or pulls. And so last year or the year before that, we talked a lot about penguins and I guess we haven't talked about arctic animals but we will
0: (laughs) we will we love them
1: so we talked about Arctic. we talked about penguins and how penguins go tobogganing down hills and so I bought some little plastic penguins and some little finger skateboards and then we taped the penguins to the finger skateboards and then we did experiments to try to figure out how to race the penguins down ramps to see which would, would go the fastest. So, I love that activity. That was kind of that was fun. And then and then another next generation science standard is um, to use materials to design and build a structure that will reduce the warming effect of sunlight. So, I thought you could take your activity with the snowballs but then add on to it and have them try to build something to protect their snowball to keep it. So, you know, like you could bring in snowballs one day and see how fast they melt. And then the next day, you can bring them in and try to build something to protect them from the sunlight. Oh, yeah. And see if it takes them less time to melt if in their little whatever they built.
0: I like that idea.
1: But since I mentioned arctic animals, you should talk more about arctic animals.
0: Let's do. I love doing arctic animals because they're just First off, they're awesome.
1: (laughs) (laughs) They're cool animals. They
0: really are. And I found that when you're teaching January themes, you really can just teach them kind of all at the same time. Like I can keep doing clocks, the clock song and the New Year's activities. And I can keep talking about winter and then pull in all these other units I like to do on Arctic animals or the mitten. And it's a great way just to interdisperse all the things that might be happening in the winter and snow. So for Arctic animals, I really like to focus on an animal a day for probably a week. And like one day I'll be doing the polar bear and then the next day I'll do the penguin. And I have a fun song that's called the North and South that kind of talk about the polar bear and the penguin that they are both Um, snow animals that live on opposite sides of the earth. And it's a good time to teach them what the real North Pole is since they've just (laughs) been celebrating the North Pole the month prior. So it goes to the tune of Oh My Darling. Oh, the North Pole and the South Pole, one is up and one is down. The North is on the upside and the South is on the down. At the North Pole lives the polar bear. The penguin loves the South but the whale and the seal love for both the
1: North and South. That Does that help them remember it?
0: Uh, yeah, so they really like that. So then they know the polar bear only lives in the North and the penguin only lives in the South. So it's a fun song. And so I, I like to really do a close read with um, Arctic animals. It's a really good time to hit that common chord standard for reading informational text. So for example, Polar Bears, I, after introducing Polar Bears, then I pull out an informational text. One of my favorite is the National Geographic for Kids on Polar Bears. And as we're reading the pages of the book, I've already trained from other activities, but perhaps this is my first time. I will tell the kids at the end of every page, I'm gonna stop and I want you to tell me some type of information that you've gotten from this story. So I'll read page one of the polar bear informational text and um, ask for information and as I'll call on, I don't want to overdo it, I'll call on maybe two or three kids per page at the most, unless you know it's one pack full of information. So then I write what they say on a sticker note, sticky note and then put it on a poster that I've drawn just of a big polar bear. And so at the end of the book, uh, this polar bear will be full of, you know, 20 or more stickers of information that we've gained and key details that we've pulled from the text. So then I will, on the whiteboard, make columns of um, are, can, have, live, eat, and then divide the, the sticky notes. So I'll pull off a sticky note And maybe a kid say, uh, polar bears eat seal. And so I will go to the eat column and I'll write seal, because now we know polar bears eat seal. And um, maybe one child has said they live on the ice. And so I'll take that sticky note and write it under live on ice. And so then I categorize all of the things, the key details that we've pulled from the text. And after that activity, then I send kids to do their own independent writing using this graphic organizer that we've created. Then of course, we do art (laughs) because I do Mm. art for every animal.
1: (laughs) Tell tell about some of your polar bear or arctic animal art.
0: Well, I I like to do a mix of construct activities or um, guided drawing activities. I love to do the guided drawing of a penguin because it's a really fun, easy guided drawing. And then have them trace the penguin with either pastel um, crayons. What do you call those pastel markers? Pastels. I think they're called oil pastels.
1: I think so too.
0: <laughs> I have them trace the outlines. Everything you've done in a pencil. Now take your oil pastel and trace it. And then after that then they can um, color inside of it with oil pastels or whatever you'd like them to do and then watercolor the background um, and just make it a really cool completed piece. So after my close read on um, penguins and I take their writing and then their art page and then to display it on the wall, it's really cute. Then I take it from the wall and put it in their portfolios because I like to Get all the use I can out of an activity.
1: <laughs> Get as much bang for your buck as possible.
0: So also, um, don't forget to grab your book, The Mitten. I love the original Ukrainian folktale of The Mitten. Uh, Jam Brett also has a great version. And I love the song, Here are my mittens, my warm and fuzzy mittens, Finger and thumbs Toasty, warm inside. One is for my left hand and one is for my right hand. Colorful mittens, warm and snug.
1: That's cute. (laughs) Now tell us about the class book you make with the mitten, because that's cute too.
0: So there are a ton of things that I do with the mitten, so make sure you check out our thematic unit because it's stuff full because I love the mitten. (laughs) But one thing I like to really do is, after I read several versions of the mitten, is to make a class book. And it's really easy to do. You just give each child a paper, and tell them, and and at the top of it, I have um, the blank crawled in the mitten all they have to do is uh, phonetically write the word, and then draw a picture of their animal. And then after they're finished, bring it to me, and then I staple it all together with a cover I've made the mitten by our class and then i read it right then as soon as um, we're finished and the kids love it it goes right into our class library i love making class books like that they're so quick and easy and kids really really love to read them so we have lots of mitten activities and lots of lots more snowman and snowy day activities that you can find on our blog to get more ideas if you'd like to.
1: And, Mom, what should they do if they need to assess where their students are at? You've got a good way for them to do that. Well,
0: January for most schools is mid-year, so it's time for those big mid-year assessments. And so if you want to save yourself time and have amazing data from your assessments, then make sure you go to ESGISoftware.com and sign up for your free 60-day trial and save $40 when you choose to purchase, which will bring it down to, I believe, $159. And you will love it. Anytime you have an ESGI question, be sure to email us. We're always there to help. And we have lots of assessments that are on ESGI ready for you to get and Assess away.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So if you have any questions for us, you can write to us at kindergartenkiosk at gmail.com. And you can visit us at kindergartenkiosk.com.
0: Goodbye, everyone.
1: Happy January. Mm
0: -hmm. I love January. and Kiosk is a proud member of the Education Podcast Network, a network of podcasts for educators by educators. For more information, visit edupodcastnetwork.com. That's
1: edupodcastnetwork.com. Now can I listen to it?